Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, fitness enthusiasts. Welcome back to another episode of the Redefining Fitness Podcast with Sass Factor Fitness. I'm your host, Sin Sass, a former competitive athlete turned fitness enthusiast and first responder. And I invite you to join me on a journey to rediscover and become our most authentic fit self. Here, you can explore new ways to reduce chronic pain, increase energy and strength, and improve your overall well-being so you can look and feel your best inside and out. But before we get into today's episode, I want to talk a bit about the theme of this season. Now, last season, I spoke mostly about my story and how I came to embrace that the truth about fitness was more than external physical indicators of health, more than a number on a chart or a scale or a piece of clothing, that it included our mind and our spirit as well. And how shifting mindset, even just a little bit, can make the difference in whether the progression needle moved or not. This season features solo episodes and conversations with guest experts and other people whose experiences shed lights into ways to overcome situations we would otherwise think were impossible and to do so in a way that is different than how we usually approach fitness. This season is dedicated to redefining fitness for yourself wholly, as in your whole self body, mind, and spirit. Now, last week, we talked about getting started again, about getting our minds and spirits renewed. In the first responder world, we call it getting your mind right. Spiritually, we call it being transformed by the renewal of our mind. No matter what we call it, we're looking at the many ways fitness and our ability to gain it, maintain it, and sustain it are impacted by the things in our lives that have absolutely nothing to do with getting in the gym and restricting what we eat. I mean, think about it for a minute. Have you been wondering why it's so hard to keep up consistency in your diet and exercise plan? You know, you know what to do. I mean, we've been, we're athletes. We've been here for a while. We know. But something still feels off. Now, maybe you feel like you don't have enough energy or time. Or maybe you're doing all the things that you've been conditioned to believe will work, but nothing seems to be changing. Well, in today's episode, we're going to get into what could be going on and some tangible methods to make change that can get that needle moving on your progress again. And I don't think it's going to be what you thought because it really wasn't what I thought it'd be, but it was what worked. So I can't wait for you to hear more about this topic. So with that being said, let's dive in. Let's talk about exercise, why it's important, what it really looks like. You know, as we experience illness and injury and the aging process, our body begins to change. And we see the losses in the muscles and in our strength gains. And yet somehow we focus on the fact that we don't look as youthful as we once did. But the big issue when we have those muscle losses, when we lose that muscle mass, is that we start to have different issues appear that affect our joints and our bones, uh, which basically is the foundation and stability for our entire body. And there are all kinds of metabolic issues that start showing up, like things like diabetes, hypertension, cardiac issues, um, even mental health concerns start to creep up. There's all kinds of physiological changes that happen in our body because our body's changing. And what exercise does is it helps battle those challenges that come with aging, with illness and injury. Winning that war starts with movement. So how do we get there? The question is, you know, how do we get that exercise worked into our very busy, busy, busy lives? You know, because some of us believe that exercise needs to be an hour or it's not worth doing. 
You know, many of us, many of you out there believe that you need to make yourself sweat and punish yourself for that hour or two, or what are you really doing anyway? And herein lies part of our problem. We're looking for a solid hour or 30 minutes if you're cool with the shorter session. We're looking for that time in our already jam-packed day. And many of you believe that if you can't find that straight through 30 minutes or an hour, then you don't have the time to get it in. And some of us are thinking about all of that. And on top of that, we're thinking about the pain that we're currently in or that we think we're going to feel during and after moving because of our issues with chronic pain. It's a lot. Like, this is a lot. And with all of that, all of that thinking that we're doing, there goes our mindset right out the window and down the rabbit hole of what can't be done. But none of that thinking is necessarily the case. In fact, science has shown that getting in movement in as little as 10 minute doses over the course of the day can still be really, really, really effective. You see, your body accepts cumulative work. So it adds up the amount of time spent doing movement above our daily routine activities over the course of the day and even into a week and so on. So contrary to ingrained belief systems that we've all had, every effort we make actually counts. In other words, microdosing your movement throughout the day is helpful when the amount of work that you put in adds up to 30 minutes to an hour of exercise at the end of the day. And what our body understands is 30 minutes of exercise is completed. Good, right? Your body just knows that it got exercise, that it got to move, and that's awesome. But yeah, it's better if you do it all at once. It absolutely is better. But if you're at the point where most of us are, where you're struggling because of injury, we're struggling because of our capacity, we're struggling because we have so much going on, that getting in 10 minutes five times a day is better than getting no minutes because we've convinced ourselves that it can't be done in the time or the lack of time that's available. It's better than getting in no minutes. Getting in 50 minutes straight is better than getting in five 10 minute sessions and getting in 30 minutes straight of exercise is better than getting in three 10 minute sessions. But you know, if you microdose your movement, you're still doing something and your body knows that. Your body recognizes the cumulative work, the cumulative exercise or the movement that you're doing. Your body recognizes it and it deals with it appropriately even if we intellectually think we're supposed to be doing something else, even if we're conditioned to believe that we're supposed to be doing something else. The truth is our body doesn't care. Our body really, really doesn't care if we're at the special place, wearing our special clothes, doing the special movements. All our body cares about is if we're moving And if you're moving in the ways your individual body needs in this season, if we're getting in the movement, we're getting movement and our bodies like it. So here are some steps that you can take right now. Detect what it is your body truly needs in this season of your life. Disrupt the condition limiting beliefs that you've been given and maybe even adopted about how exercise is supposed to look and it's supposed to be done, how it has to be done. Decide on how you can do those few things, those few movements, those few small adjustments to how you're moving through your day and fit your movement into bite-sized pieces. Because who doesn't have 10 minutes? Decide and then do it. Because it'll be easier to keep up consistency as you're restarting your movement activities. And consistency, my friends, over time is bigger. It's bigger than if you work out for an hour straight. 
Because working out for an hour straight three times a week for a month and then dropping off because it's not sustainable is far less productive than doing the same program in sustainable smaller chunks for three months. And usually after that three month mark, everything changes. It changed for me and so many others that have used this approach. We started out small and it felt slow and frustrating at first, or at least that's how it felt for me. But as I continued, I found that those 10 minute sessions were getting longer naturally. I'd tell myself I'd do a quick run or a walk or some ab work or whatever for 10 minutes. And in the middle, I'd feel so good that I'd just keep going. And before I knew it, my sessions were lasting 30 minutes to an hour and my progression increased and got faster as I did more when it was right for me to do more. So what does this look like in real life? Well, we know we can't just say uh, it's not going to happen because, you know, there's too much going on because we've tried that already and you're here because that approach does not bring favorable results. We know we can't just throw in the towel and do nothing. What you can do, though, is be very intentional about the changes that you make. You start looking at your life, your whole life, like we talked about in the last episode, first responders respond first to yourself. Look at your life and see where the areas that you can start making changes are so that you're utilizing your time more intentionally, so that you're doing things that you actually enjoy, so that you're doing things that you actually need to do, even if you don't enjoy them, right? Because I mean, there's actual responsibilities that we all have, that there are things that we need to do. So start putting all of those things in order and give yourself some space to start making some changes. If you're doing nothing right now because you can't get a whole hour together or a whole half hour to do a whole gym workout, pick one thing to do for the week and start microdosing your workouts. Maybe when you get up in the morning, for an example, you just stretch for a couple of minutes, get your blood circulating a bit, and then do some air squats and some sit-ups. That's it. Just do some air squats and some sit-ups and then get on about your day. It should take maybe about 10 minutes for the whole thing to stretch out a little bit and do three sets of 10 air squats, three sets of 10 sit-ups or ab crunches or something to that effect. That's it. Then go on about your life. And then midday, do the same thing, but put a different body part in there. So like many of us spend a lot of time at our desk, regardless of our jobs. I mean, we all do a lot of computer and phone work these days. So maybe, maybe that second midday dose is you take 10 minutes midday to stretch your neck and your back. Just do a few exercises that you can do sitting right at your desk. Now, I'll drop a link in the show notes to some upper back and neck movements because uh, they're going to be way too hard for me to explain right now. But they're great for addressing consequences of how much time we spend on computers and phones these days. But try to do those at work. And then when you get home, take a walk around your neighborhood after dinner. Again, just for 10 minutes. Now, for those of you who do shift work and are first responders working long shifts, don't wait till you get home. Don't wait until you get home and you're exhausted. Take that walk after your late shift meal and then walk around the facility where you're working. Try it out for a week or two. Just, uh, you know, make those small couple of changes for the first week or two and watch what happens. The truth of the truth is most of us, myself included, are hard chargers and we're going to have a hard time doing so little. So when we introduce this small step, we're probably going to be triggered to do more. So if you have more time and capacity, do more. Do more if your time and capacity allows, but do not require it of yourself because that will defeat the purpose of this exercise in moderation (laughs) and scaling up. 
Now, at the end of these two weeks, do not go jumping on the scale going, did I lose 10 pounds? True weight loss, no matter how you come by it, takes more time than a week or two. But you will notice some changes in your body, in your energy and in you. Again, don't go looking at your clothes or seeing if everything fits better after that first week. Don't go pushing post-injury capacity or pain thresholds, giving yourself strength and endurance tests. Just observe your whole self. What you want to do is look at how you feel. How is your mind working? Because probably at the end of that two weeks, you're going to want to start doing more in terms of your exercise. Like when you're in it and you're doing those three sets of air squats, there's something inside that's just going to go, I can do one more thing. And you're going to start adding those one or two more things. And then you're going to be like, you know what? I can do more because you're a hard charger and that's what'll happen. What's going to happen is you're going to start doing that and it's going to build on itself and it's going to snowball and then it will be quick. So if you're struggling with consistency, maybe you want to start off smaller and work your way to that place. And remember, at first, it is going to seem really, really slow and it'll be frustrating because You know, it's like watching water boil. You're staring at the pot and you're looking at it and looking and looking and looking and it's never boiling. And then you walk away for 30 seconds because you're like, I can't do this. And you come back and the thing is raging. It's raging, right? It's the same thing with our progress. While we're watching it and jumping on the scale to look at it, we're looking in the mirror at ourselves. We're beating ourselves up every day, picking ourselves apart and all that. We're just not going to see those changes. Not like that. But when we relax and just kind of lean into it and just kind of go with the flow, all of a sudden you're going to look up and you're going to see it and you're going to say, when did this happen? When did this happen? You know, it'll come on just kind of like that out of nowhere. And I'm also going to challenge you. Don't expect other people to see it because you'll see the changes and you'll feel the changes inside before anybody else is going to see it. So I read somewhere that it usually takes people several weeks to months after um, you have some sort of change to notice it, if at all. And that change generally has to be significant. For instance, what I read is that you have to lose about, I think it's like 20 to 30 pounds before people really start to recognize, you know, over on a regular basis when you walk up that you've lost some weight. And if that's your litmus test, you know, right, that people think you look better or that you lost weight or that you gain more muscle mass or you're more tone, you're going to have to make a pretty large change before anybody else is going to notice. And that's going to take months to do. So try not to base your progress on what other people are saying or noticing because they're just not going to see the progress you make while you're making it. They're just not going to see it. But you, you're going to feel it and your body is going to feel it. Your spirit, your mind, Everything is going to be changing and you're going to feel differently internally. And that, you're going to need that. You need to hang on to that feeling. Not some other feeling you get externally that's temporary and fragile and from somebody else who maybe doesn't have your best interest at heart and honestly probably isn't paying attention to you like that anyway because people have a lot more on their minds. They're, They're pretty much focused on themselves most of the time. You know, and not necessarily in a selfish way. It's just, you know, we we tend to focus more on on what's going on with us. So people just aren't going to notice that. And if you're focusing on that, you're going to derail yourself. So you really have to hang on to that feeling that you have inside that's going to come. Because you have to know this is going to be a really difficult process. And when things get tough, you're going to need that internal feeling to pull from. 
So don't beat yourself up. Don't try to act for it. Don't strive for perfection. And don't look at everybody else and have guilt and shame about the fact that you're not where you think they are, you know, where you think they are, or that, you know, you're upset because you want to look or be a certain way and you're not there yet. You're not there immediately. It's okay. It's okay. You'll get there. And I know it's hard because I struggled for about eight years, eight years. I struggled after I had both my ACLs reconstructed and work on my meniscus. So basically the stability and cushion in my knees. And I kept trying and failing to apply the old standardized approaches to training, working out in a gym or at the track for an hour, doing generalized strength training, speed and agility and hill work. And let me tell you, everything I tried left my knees blown, swollen and hurting. My posture and gait off, which made walking hurt and running nearly impossible. And the whole time I judged myself against others I thought were doing it better than me. In fact, sometimes they or other people would tell me. And eventually I started to tell myself that that's why they were still active and looked fit because they could just do it better than me. Even though they were often more than 10 years younger than me, had never had the injuries that I had, and they did not have the same go-to sport activity goals. But here I am, here I was comparing myself anyway. And let me tell you, that saying, that saying that comparison is the thief of joy is spot on. So I devise against it, you know. It wasn't until I felt like I couldn't get any lower in my fitness journey that I turned to movement patterns and cycles of training that I felt were beneath me. (laughs) Now, for those of you who are listening to the podcast and can't see the video, I just made air quotes around that phrase, you know, but since you're an athlete, you know the exercise and movements that I'm talking about. It's that stuff we turn our noses up at when we see people doing it at the gym. And we're sitting there looking at them and we're thinking that's not exercise because they're not tossing heavy weights or doing high intensity cardio or some other in fashion exercise. And they're not doing it and we don't think we have to. Uh, But at that point in, in, in where I was as a former competitive athlete, I was completely humbled and I started doing those. And I'll tell you what, uh, those exercises when used intentionally when designed to address the specific issues I was experiencing in my body, let me tell you, they changed the game for me. Suddenly, uh, okay, it took some time, I, but I woke up, like I said before, I woke up one day and, and it felt like all of a sudden I didn't have the same level of pain. My body also was begging for me to move rather than begging me to stay stationary and avoid pain. I had more energy, more capacity. I felt more joy and I was running again. So I'm a runner and I was running like five miles, three to four times a week before work, where for years I could barely run two or three miles and I could only do that once or twice a week with joint pain, swelling and stiffness afterward. But after employing those those exercises and kind of getting my body going again, I had none of that after running. Even after running a half marathon at a speed I hadn't seen in 15 years. And let me tell you, the change took place in just about three or four months. Three or four months. This after eight years of the other model continuously failing me. And I will say I was over a certain age also. I was nowhere near my 20s or 30s, friends. Nowhere near that. 
And I realized then in that moment that everything I had learned as a young competitive athlete about fitness and training that I had applied to all of my life, all of my fitness life was under scrutiny and was to be questioned. I learned that you're never too old and I learned that slow is fast. So as you're restarting your program, start out small and have patience and uh, do those things that you don't think you need to do that you're beyond because maybe your body really is craving those things to get you back into proper posture and alignment so that doing the things you enjoy doing actually feels good. So make sure that you start small and have patience. It will help you keep your way of living fairly intact while making intentional changes. Small changes to reduce some of the things that you're doing and to add some new behaviors on a small level that will build upon themselves over time until you see results. And one day you wake up and you think to yourself, that was easier and took way less time than I thought. And once your body starts to crave the movement, once your mind starts to say, hey, I want to do this, I want to get up and I want to go do things. When you start getting your mind and your body craving this stuff, now you're on your way. You're on your way and you'll be able to stay consistent because your body is craving it. It's not something you're trying to force yourself to do. It's not something you're forcing yourself to do in in the middle of a jam-packed day and very low capacity and energy and maybe some high levels of pain. You're not going to force it. Because it's going to be something that your body is actually telling you it wants. And you're going to have a hard time not giving your body what it wants and needs. I want to thank you for joining me today and tuning in to another episode of Redefining Fitness with Sass Factor Fitness. A space where you can reconnect with yourself, restore your inner athlete and fulfill your fitness potential after injury, illness or other life events had other plans. If this episode resonated with you, please comment, review, and subscribe. I appreciate your feedback. And until next time, this is Sin with Sass Factor Fitness, reminding you to mind your matters.